Wow, good morning, everybody. It's tough to follow that worship set and Brittany. Come on, everybody. Say, help the preacher today. Come on, just tell them, help the preacher. Go ahead and say that, help the preacher. Okay, that, that, that was, yeah, talk back to me. Come on, everybody. Uh, glad that you're with us again. Thank, thank you for the Mount Zion team. Come on, let them hear you one more time for the praise and worship. Yeah, yeah, guys did great. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, for you that are new with us or maybe online watching us, uh, I teach. I'm a teacher. I'm not really a preacher. We have a TV here. We'll have scriptures up here and key points here and on the triple screen as well. For those online, they'll probably be tuned in on this side. But uh, we've been on a series of lessons called Hearing God for the last, uh, this will be the fifth week. We're going to keep going for as long as we can. Uh, still have something to say, let's say it uh, that way. And every time I'm, I'm studying during the week in preparation for the lessons ahead, it just seems like the more I'm in it, the, the more I see. And so uh, I hope you're not getting tired uh, so far. Anybody getting tired hearing about hearing God? Hope, hope not, because uh, as not just a pastor, but as a Christian, I, I can't think of a, one of the greatest things that God's given us the ability to do is that we can actually hear God. Uh, the question and the, the thing that we've been di diving into for the last weeks is, is how that happens. You know, again, this, this series was birthed by uh, years and years of, uh, Kimber and I, we celebrate, uh, celebrate this past week, 38 years of, of uh, married life anniversary. And yeah, praise God. And uh, we've been in the ministry for 37 years. So right after we got married, uh, or excuse me, not, not 37 years. How long have we been in the ministry, Kimberly? You remember? 37 years? She's not even paying attention to me. She's not even looking around. This is what happened after 38 years. She's just looking around. She's rubbing her glasses. She's, she's finding a mint or something. That's, come on. You, come on. How many of you guys know that's what's really going on? Your wife, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we've been in the ministry for 37 years. Started out as a youth pastor. And, and so I, I kept over the years hearing this question from church folk, uh, Christians, even people in my church, people that didn't even go to my church was, was how do you hear God? I, I, I don't hear God. When, when I hear somebody talk about God said, uh, like that is the most distant thing that I could ever you know, conjure up to, to, to be able to discern or hear. And so we're, we're, we're breaking the egg, if you will. We're, we're diving into the scriptures and we're finding out what the scripture says about can we, number one, should we, number two, be able to? Uh, how does it work? How, what does God do? How does he talk to us? Does, is it like in the Old Testament where, where the prophet comes and, and a donkey starts talking to him? Come on, is a donkey going to talk to me? Am I going to be at Balboa Park and a squirrel gives me a word from the Lord? Listen, it, I, I, I was at Balboa Park this past week and it looked like some squirrels were giving words to the Lord over there. Kind of some freaky places over there. Anyway, uh, but, but that's not what's going to happen. And, and so we're going we're gonna to talk about all that, not only where we have been, but in the weeks ahead and break it out. So you got to hang out with us this week. We'll start getting into where I really want to go. It's been about, you know, three or four, four or five weeks already setting the table for the foundation about where I want us to lead us, about how God talks to us now in this dispensation now in this New Testament time that we live in. Uh, so, so a key scripture where we've been at for the last several weeks is 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 9. And here's where God comes to Solomon in a dream, and, and God asks him, and, and he asks him, what do you want me to do for you? What, what do you want me to do for you? And here's what Solomon says in 1 Kings chapter 3, in verse 9. He says, God, this is what I want. Give me a God-listening heart. 
Out of all the things, when, when you have a vision, you have a dream, God shows up and God says, hey, carte blanche, it's, 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 the, it's the American Express card, got, got no limit on it. You can buy, you can ask, you can have whatever you want. And the brother says, this is what I want. He says, my, my, my father, David, led the people of Israel well. And, and he says, this people, the people of Israel are so numerous and, 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 and the, the weight of what you've given me to do, the responsibility is so great. He says, this is what I want. Give me a God listening heart so I can lead your people well. We've talked about before we're ever going to lead anybody well, we got to lead ourselves well. He says, give me a God listening heart so I can lead your people well and I can discern the difference between good and evil. I can know what's moral and immoral. I can know what's right and wrong. I, I, know, I, I can know when it comes to a fork in the road, I, I can know which way to go. Do I go to the right or do I go to the left? Give me a God listening heart. If there is anything I believe you should pray on a regular and consistent basis is God, give me a God listening heart. Let my heart be attuned to you. Let my ears of my heart be open to you. This is where we've been for the last several weeks. We've said this for five weeks in a row. I'll give it to you one more time, probably a few more times after this. But God's word, we said, is God's voice. Again, God's word is God's voice. And God's word will give us God's wisdom. Whenever you need the wisdom of God, whenever you need direction in your life, can I tell you there's a direct correlation between you being in the word and hearing God's voice. We've said this for weeks on end as well, is that when you read what he said, you can hear what he's saying. If you're not reading the word, you're not hearing the voice of God, what he already said, what he already loves, what he already respects, his direction, what, what he'll already give you. If you're not in the word, you and I will be susceptible to hearing a voice that counters what God has already said. The word of God is the will of God. The will of God is what will stand. The foundation for your life must be built not on culture, not on what's latest, not what is on hottest, not what's on the newest, not what's the shiniest. Your life must be built on a solid rock. That rock is Christ, who is the word of God. Can somebody say amen? Yeah. So God's word, God's word, God's word is God's voice. It's God's voice. So I'm, I'm going to tune my ear to what God's already said Monday through Sunday. I'm going to read the word every day. I don't wake up in the morning or go through the day and go, I wonder if I should eat today unless I'm fasting like you or unless there's something going on dietary in my life. I don't ask that question. I get up and I eat. I eat because I need to eat to keep this body strong. I don't wake up in the morning and go, I wonder if I should read the Bible today. That is not a question that I ask myself. Because if I ask myself that, my flesh might say, you don't need to read the Bible today. You read it yesterday. But the Bible says the word of God is bread. Come on, somebody. It's bread from heaven. It's going to satisfy me. It's going to give me wisdom. It's going to allow me to hear the voice of God, which is going to help me navigate the challenges of this day and the next day. Can you say amen, everybody? We looked at this again by way of review when God came to Elijah. And Elijah was a guy that was a phenomenal prophet in the Old Testament. He just caused havoc in, in the kingdom of darkness by killing those 450 prophets of Baal. And we know that Ahab's wife, Jezebel, didn't like what was going on. And she riled up herself and said, if that brother's head is still on him tomorrow, come on, it's, it's going on. 
Elijah heard those words and somehow, some way, they penetrated his heart so much that he ran from one woman. Now listen, this isn't a male-female thing. This is just a, the power of darkness that can enter into a person's life at a season after they've come off a great success. Somehow, some way, he just, he just wreaked havoc in the kingdom of darkness, killed 450 prophets of Baal, and the words of one woman caused him to run away from the purpose and plan of God. And he finds himself out in the desert all by himself. He went out with a servant. He left the servant uh, to, to be by himself. He went a day's journey into the desert. And whenever you find yourself alone, you are in a heap of trouble. It is not good that man should be alone, not just for a husband and wife relationship. It is not good that a Christian go through life solo because you will hear voices in the desert. You will hear all kinds of crazy stuff and uncertainties when you're all by yourself. And he's there in the desert and he's wandering and he, 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 he's, he's all by himself and he just passes out. He's told God, just kill me. I'm done with this life. And he finds himself under a tree just wanting to die. And the Bible says God in his mercy, come on, we've been singing about it. His mercy, his goodness, his grace, his love finds that brother in a depleted spot and he shakes him and he kicks him and he wakes him up. And he says, brother, you got to eat. You got to drink. He tells him the journey is too strong and too great for you. It's too far for you. And he made him food, bread and water, type of word and Holy Spirit refreshing. And he eats and he drinks. And the Bible says he was so depleted, he actually went back to sleep. But God, listen to me. Come on. How many know God will keep knocking on your heart? He came again a second time and he woke him up. Angel of the Lord, I believe an Old Testament appearance of Jesus, woke him up and says, brother, you got to eat. You got to eat. The journey is too great for you. And he shook him. He got him up. He ate the bread, drank the water. And then the Bible says he went 40 days and 40 nights in the strength of that food. You will not make it to the place God has for you unless you eat of the word and you drink in prayer and communion with the spirit of God. Come on, everybody. You need to daily have times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord. Can you poke your neighbor and just say amen and amen. So there he is. He's in the desert and he finds himself to the mouth of this cave. And while he's at the mouth of this cave, God starts talking to him and meets him there. But God meets him there in a very interesting way. It says this in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11. It says, God said to him, go and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and a strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord, check it out, was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, come on, read it with me. There was a still small voice. We're talking about hearing God. And if ever in, in uh, I don't know about y'all at Mount Zion, but I know our, our, our church here, you know, Pentecostal, apostolic, word of God, you know, charismatic, uh, assembly of God, all, all that all wrapped up in one. Come on, Baptocostal, come on, somebody. We, we all that in one up in here. 
And, and we all, we, we from everywhere. Come on, we're, we're, we're Catholic folk. Come on, we just got it all up in here. But if there's ever like things in our church experience, it, it would be like, if it's not shaken, if it's not fire, come on, come on, all these manifestations, nothing against manifestations. I'm just saying in this case right here, we find God was not in the wind. God was not in that earthquake. God was, was not in that fire, but God was manifesting himself to Elijah in a still, small voice. And so if we're going to hear God, I, I want us to be people that don't just take our experience and say, the only way I hear God is if they play that song and I got those holy goosebumps. Uh, I, I heard God this way. God, listen, you can't put God in a box just because he did it then doesn't mean he's going to do it now. But there is a way for us to consistently, regularly, diligently, always hear the voice of God. That's what we want to talk about. God spoke, again, God, it tells us here that God spoke in a soft whisper, a still small voice, like a gentle blowing wind. We looked at, uh, again, by way of reminder, several months ago, talking about a series on the Holy Spirit, and we found that the word spirit in both the Hebrew and the Greek text is the word pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A, and it, it, it means this. It means a current of air. It means a current of air. It means a blast of breath, a strong breeze. And so God is, is speaking. When God speaks, it's, it, it doesn't have to be this revelation thing. It doesn't have to be like, like, like the, the, the skies part. or that, that, That's not how God is going to speak. That's not how God generally, I'm saying these in generalities, is going to lead you. It's going to be a still, small voice. We'll talk about it. It's going to be a knowing on the inside of you that this is what God is saying to me. What God and how God spoke to Elijah was and is how God, a foreshadowing of how the Holy Spirit was going to be speaking to his people. We, we found this out that now we are living under this era called the New Covenant. So when we read the Bible, you've got to read and ascertain and dissertain what God has done in the Old Testament with how God is doing things now in the New Testament. We'll talk about that. In the New Testament, we said this last week, and we'll jump into some new territory right now, but last week we said in the New Testament time that we live in, we are not supposed to look for a sign or an outward manifestation to hear God's voice. We don't look for any stars lining up. We don't look for if I if I if I if, I, if I'm deciding this, I'm wondering this, I'm praying to God for this. If something supernatural, like like all of a sudden there's three red Teslas that pull beside me, I know God said that's what I should do. Come on, somebody. We don't ask for things on the outside. We don't ask for confirmation like that. That's not how God leads us. God leads us and he speaks to us. Spirit, capital S Spirit, Holy Spirit, to our spirit. We've got a better covenant, we found out in Hebrews, established upon better promises. So if we go back to the Old Testament, we say, they had it so much better than us, you are missing the power and the benefit and, and, and the source of strength that can come to your and my life in this New Testament era. Can you say amen? amen? 
So we don't, we don't ask questions. We don't, we don't try to get direction. We don't, really, we don't say, if it's really you, then do this. We found that out with Gideon. If it's really you, cause the, the fleece, the rug to be wet and all around to be dry. And, and, and that was enough. Now I'm coming to you again, Lord. If it's really you, cause the ground to be uh, wet and, and the fleece to be dry. Uh, we, we, don't, we, we don't put God on test and on, uh, come on, on blast like that. We, we, if we pray and we ask God for direction, he, it is clear he is going to lead us. He's going to guide us, number one, through the written word. Number two, he's going to speak to us us. We'll be talking about that, how he's going to do that in the next several weeks. In Acts chapter 1, I want you to draw your attention to that, this scripture. When we read the book of Acts, a lot of us probably go to chapter 2 where it talks about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and that's an amazing, amazing chapter. But I want you to look at Acts chapter 1 before we actually you know, get to Acts chapter 2. We won't go there right now. But in Acts chapter 1, let me set the story up. The Bible says that Jesus told him before he ascended to the Father, he's already resurrected. The ascension means he left the earth and he's now in heaven forever and ever until he comes back. Come on and gets us again. Come on, somebody, that, that day's coming soon in Jesus' name. Uh, but, but the Bible says that, that the, the disciples, there was about 120 of them, and they went into that uh, upper room to wait, like what Jesus told them to do, wait till, till you uh, receive the promise from the Father that he's spoken to, to you all about, to me about, to give to you. And they were waiting in that upper room, about 120 it says, and, and, and Peter, Peter starts talking. And Peter starts remembering, listen to me, he starts remembering Old Testament scriptures about what just happened to Judas. It's interesting. This is before the Holy Spirit got poured out. And Peter starts talking about, hey, do y'all remember? This is me, Tennessee, talking here. Do y'all remember about what the Old Testament said about what just happened to Judas? He starts talking about a scripture that says, you know, uh, talking about what would happen to him, that, that, the, the field that they were going to purchase. And, and, and the scripture says something kind of awful if you read it. The, you remember the story that after he betrayed Jesus, he went out and hung himself. And, and, and then the book of Acts chapter 1 says that his innards, his inside burst open. It, it was like he was completely possessed of the devil. And it wasn't just like, forgive me, it wasn't just like a brother hanging on a tree. His insides burst open and it's like every demonic force came out of him. And the Bible says, they said that's, that, that, that field is a field of blood. Nobody, nobody, it's, it's, it was purchased by 30 pieces of silver to betray. Nobody's going to live there. Nobody's going to be there. But then it also says that Peter says, reads from the Old Testament, book of Psalms, that now somebody has got to take his place. Somebody has got to take Judas' place. How are we going to figure that out? How are we going to do when he, God, Jesus, chose the 12? How are we going to choose whose job it is to now be a disciple? Listen to me. That's on par. That's on equality with Peter, with James, with John. Here's what they say. Let's read it. Come on. Have I got your interest going yet? Yeah. Acts chapter 1, verse 21. So now we, Peter talking, we must choose a replacement for Judas from among the men that were with us. Here's a qualification. 
The man or the men must be with us from the entire time that we were traveling with the Lord Jesus. These guys can't be latecomers. These guys got to be people that showed up when no one knew you were going to be chosen to be a disciple. They got to be around and be faithful and be connected and be serving and be part of this group, even though they weren't in the group. Interesting. From the time, he says, we're choosing these folks from the time that he, Jesus, was baptized by John, right after that, until the day Jesus was taken up from us. Whoever is chosen will join us as a witness of Jesus' resurrection. So they nominated two men. This is what we know to do. We're looking around. We've got, we've got two men that, that qualify for this. They've got to be with us from the time that Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, when Jesus came up, and then Jesus went to the seashore. Jesus found men. He found James. He found John. He found Peter. He found Nathaniel. He found all these men, gathered them together to be his disciples. From that point on, they had to be with us, hearing and leading, or hearing and the teaching of Jesus, seeing signs and wonders and miracles that he did. So they nominated two men called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and another man called Matthias. All they found was two men. Now check it out. Look what it says. Then they all prayed. They prayed. They prayed. You want direction from God? You better pray. You want to hear God? You better pray. And they all prayed. Oh Lord, you know every heart. Show us which one of these men you've chosen. As an apostle to replace Judas in this ministry. For he has deserted us and gone where he belongs. Check out verse 26. Then they did what? What'd they do? Y'all remember when we talked about this a couple weeks ago? The Bible says that when Jonah was on that boat and all hell was breaking loose with those sailors... And they want to know, how come the wind's whipped up? How come this crazy tornado hurricane wind is all around us? And, and how come we have peaceful storms and now we got non-peaceful storms? And they threw lots and they e either dice or they took sticks and, and, you know, choose which straw or stick was longer or shorter. And all that, that lot came to Jonah and they threw the brother overboard. Come on, remember that? And all of a sudden... All the sea was calm. In the Old Testament, God would allow the nation of Israel for a way to discern the voice of God, to discern the will of God, to what we would say rolling dice or casting lots. Or in one place where the priest had these two stones that, that, that we believe inside this ephod that had the 12 different colored stones on it representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And when they were looking for guidance, it was called the yumum and thummum. Interesting words. And, and, and they would get direction. Most people think that those, those words actually in the Hebrew mean lights. And so they would ask God a question and one of those stones would light up what to do if it was yes or no. Do this or don't do that. It was light, God leading them that way. Here it says, they were at, trying to figure out who's going to replace this brother. Who, who's going to take the lead? Who's going to be the next disciple? And they cast lots after they prayed, and Matthias was selected to become an apostle with the other 11. He was chosen to take 
Judas' place by rolling the dice, by casting lots, just like they did in the Old Testament. Now, now listen, stay with me here. When In our Bible, when we read the Old Testament, we got it from Genesis to Malachi. Listen to me. But, but we got to remember, we're reading the whole thing. We're reading the 66 books in a different way. We're reading New Testament from Matthew to Revelation. But listen, there's this bridge called the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, where Jesus was here and Jesus is teaching and Jesus and the disciples are going around doing the business of the kingdom of God. But now, listen, we got to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the understanding they were operating under the old covenant. They were operating how Jesus showed, how God showed them to do it in the old covenant. But now Jesus is gone. Jesus is gone. This is the last time God said it's okay to cast lots. After this, no more. No more. No more roll the dice. No more am I going to allow you, uh, no more am I going to lead you this way. No more are you going to go and say, well, if this, if the rug is wet, if the ground is dry, if the ground is dry and the rug is wet, you'll know. No more Gideon stuff. No more asking for a sign. No more needing a wonder. No more needing a blood moon. No more, no more needing the stars to line up Jupiter and Mars. I don't need all that. When I ask you, you are going to speak to me in my spirit. Man, we don't need a prophecy. We don't need a confirmation. We don't need a sign. I'm looking for a job. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a job. And, and, and if, 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 if they give me two more dollars an hour, I know it's God's will for me to take that job. You do. Come on. You do? You, you do? You get two more dollars an hour. You're going to get 80 more dollars. You're going to get 300. Come on. You're going to get, you're going to get $320 a month a little bit more, and that's the will of God, so you're basing the will of God on two more, come on now, I'm, uh, um, uh, uh, if I, I, I put my loan, I, man, I, I, if I get approved for that house, that condo, I know it's God's will, it is, it is, it, it, if you get approved for that car, are you sure it's God's will, we, Brittany talked about cars this morning, if you got approved for that car, you mean to tell me you lining up 72, 86 months of your life to pay for that thing because you can't pay for it? That is God's will? I'm not saying. I'm just saying if you say, yes, that's God talking to me, you're living under the old covenant. Show me a sign. Give me a sign. Come on, everybody. Man. The Holy Spirit, listen to me wants to lead you in your spirit by what we call the inward witness. Come on, say it with me, the inward witness. Come on, say it like you mean it, the inward witness. Now, if you've been around here a minute or two, you've heard me say this over and over and over, and here's this thought that we say regularly so that we get it grained in our thinking, is this, you are a spirit, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Would you say these three things with me? You are a spirit, you have a soul, you live in a body. This is who you are. You are a spirit being known in heaven, known before God, before you were born on the earth. 
You are a spirit. You will live eternally. We know one or two places. Everybody in the room and online, we know you're going to live in one place, the kingdom of God. Can I get a big amen? amen? Yeah. Listen, we are a spirit. We have a soul, a mind, will, emotions, intellect, thinking, reasoning. And we live in a body. This body connects us to this earth realm in which we live in. When this body dies, our spirit and our soul live eternally. Live eternally in one or two places. Listen, you do not hear God with your body or your mind. You do not hear God with your body. You do not hear God with your mind. He is a spirit and he talks to us spirit to spirit. He doesn't talk to us spirit to body. Oh, I feel goosebumps. Must be the Lord. No, baby, you just got cold. Air conditioner was on. <laughs> you hear God in your spirit. This is your born again human spirit. This is where God leads us. This is where we hear God. We talk in our spirit, our spirit man, or we talk about hearing God in our heart. The apostle Paul calls it the inward man. The apostle Peter in his book calls it the hidden man of the heart. We hear God in our hearts. Uh, a prayer that I've asked you to pray regularly, three prayers in, Col in Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, and Colossians chapter 1. I'd encourage you to pray those prayers regularly. The Apostle Paul prayed for those two prayers in the, in, to the church at Ephesus and also to that, that, that prayer that he prayed to the church at Colossae. But in that prayer in chapter 3, Ephesians 3, verse 16, there's a phrase I want to I just drag home to us today, and then we'll talk about a few more things before I let you go. Uh, uh, the Apostle Paul prays this in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16, to the church at Ephesus, and this is a prayer that, 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 that I pray for you regularly, I pray for my family regularly, and I'm encouraging you to take the lead and pray it for yourself and your family regularly, and our church as well. But just this, this bit of this prayer is this, Paul prays that 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 we would be, you would be, church at Ephesus, uh, Spectrumites, come on, Mount Zionites, come on, that y'all would be strengthened with might. Come on, pray that with me, say it with me. To be strengthened with might, what? Through his spirit in the inner man. That you would be strengthened with might, ability of God. How? Through his spirit. W what is his spirit? Who, we would say the, 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 his spirit is the Holy Spirit. Through, through the Holy Spirit in your inner man. Here is how strength is going to come to your life. It is through the Holy Spirit in your inner man. In your inner man. The Holy Spirit lives in your born again spirit. He lives in you. He doesn't live in your body. We, we Just again, isolate that. He doesn't live in your mind. He lives in your spirit. As we said earlier, just as Elijah needed to eat the food and drink the water so he could be strengthened for the journey that God had him to go on to make it to the mountain, that same way your and my spirit needs to be strengthened with might in our inner man so that we can fulfill the will and the purpose of God for ourselves. If you're a college student, you need it. If you're a mom with kids, you need it. If you're working, you need it. If you're leading any kind of ministry, involved in any kind of ministry or service, 
You need it. You need your spirit, man, to be strong. Listen, we said this weeks ago. You will not hear God in a weakened spiritual condition. You will not hear God. If your spirit is weak, if your spirit is emaciated, if your spirit is not fed, if it is not staying strong, if it is not staying stirred, if it's not staying on point with God, you are not going to hear God the way you need to hear him. Listen to me. If you will get stronger in the word, the voice of God will become stronger to you. Three claps. Okay, that's all right. That's okay. That's all right. So, so again, listen, everything associated before Acts chapter 2, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, 120 in the upper room. Uh, the, the Bible says the whole, the whole room was, was filled with, with, with the, the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Spirit. And they were all filled with the Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as God gave them utterance. Come on, somebody. You need to be filled with the Spirit, speaking with other tongues. Come on, church. You need to be filled with the Spirit. That just wasn't for them. That's for us right now. But, but, but before that, ever, how God led people was directed under the Old Testament. On the day of Pentecost, on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, all of that changed. Again, one more time, you no longer see in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, from Acts 2 on, you never see anybody rolling dice, casting lots, wondering, how am I going to hear God? How am I going to get direction from God? Even if I prayed, now I'm going to throw some lots. I'm going to throw some dice. I'm going to ask God, you know, if, 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 signs, wonders, give me an outward manifestation. You don't see that at all. Now, we do see some supernatural things. We do see some angels showing up and talking to brothers. We do see some visions. We see some dreams. Those are things that God does. Those aren't things you pray for. Because if you pray for give me a dream, you're going to have a, come on, you're going to have a tacos El Gordo dream because you had too much carne asada. Yeah, that's what you're going to have. I have those, I have those regularly. Come on, somebody. Jesus. <laughs> Again, you never see the apostles in the book of Acts or any other Testament book asking for, seeking for, expecting, expecting to hear God in some outward manifestation. So it would be wrong for you and me to think this is what God's going to do. That's not what he's going to do. He's going to talk to you spirit to spirit. Now, come on, let's just wind this train down here. Um, Jesus said something that, again, I, forgive me for being so repetitive, but I'm just basing my repetitiveness on what Peter says Peter tells us before he's gone from this earth, he writes a letter to his churches and he says, I'm going to remind you of stuff I've already told you about. Because I don't know about you, when I read the Bible, I forgot what I read last month. And I'm glad I'm reading it again. Come on, somebody. So Peter, or Jesus says this, what I've told you before, Jesus says in John 14, 15, and 16, but, but we'll just key in on John 16, before he left the earth, here's what he said. He said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Now, now, now remember, if you, were with, if you were with Jesus, and you're one of the disciples, this is towards the end of Jesus' life on earth, and he says, hey guys, man, somebody's coming after me. He's going to be amazing. And, and it's to your advantage that I go away. If I was those disciples, I would go, you've got to be kidding me. 
this has been the greatest ride of my life. I was a stinking fisherman cutting fish guts and stuff, and you called me that day, and now I've been with you. I've heard from you. I, I was on the mountaintop transfiguration. I, I saw you change. I, I saw you glow. I've seen people raised from the dead. I've seen all kinds of... How could it be any... How could anything else be to my advantage? Wow. And he's going to start talking to them about somebody and someone he was going to send called the Holy Spirit. Jesus was telling them that as the Holy Spirit, as I have been with you, teaching you, now the Holy Spirit is going to be with you, teaching you. As you have heard me speak to you in an audible voice, now it is to your advantage. There's going to be someone living inside you that is going to be speaking to you in an internal voice, a still voice. Remind yourself, I've said this many times, forgive me one more time, but if Jesus was in Jerusalem and you were in Bethlehem, you couldn't hear him. You were in the wrong spot. But can I tell you, if you're in West Chula and your friends in East Chula, everybody can hear Jesus. It's to your advantage. So here's what he says. Jesus, in the Amplified Translation in John 16, 13. I love it. Jesus says, but when he, the spirit of truth. Wow, I love that word, the spirit of truth. The truth-giving spirit, when he comes, he's going to guide you into all the truth. Wow, the whole, full truth. For he will not speak his own message. He's not going to tell you just what he thinks. Mm -mm. He, 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 he's going to, He's going to tell you whatever he hears from the Father. My, my, my. He will give you the message that's been given to him. You can count on that. Whatever he hears from the Father, the Holy Spirit, he's going to, he's going to announce it. He's going to give it to you. He's going to declare it to you. He's going to tell you the things that are to come. He's going to tell you some stuff that's going on, happening out here in the future. You don't have to go through life always being... Like, I didn't see that coming. I, I guarantee you there's stuff like that that's going to happen to us. But he says the Holy Spirit, things that are like huge in your life, things that could train wreck your life, things that you go, I, I'm just needing direction. The Holy Spirit is going to announce and declare to you things that are come, things that are going to happen in the future. He's going to constantly, Jesus said, reveal truth to you. He's going to guide you. He's going to guide you. Now, now, forgive me for making such a, a simplistic example, but, you know, I, I was reminded uh, at a coffee shop I go to, and there's a person that comes in, and they've got a service dog. And, and this service dog, in this one instance, uh, is, is guiding this person because this person has, has some kind of disability. I, I think it's they're, they're a little bit blind. They can't see real good. And so the guide dog causes them to navigate in the world guide dogs what i know guide dogs don't get distracted guide dogs keep the person on course on point guide dogs keep the owner away from danger guide dogs lead them we have a guide on the inside of us that if we will listen to him 
He, does, he never gets distracted. Culture, inflation, who's in charge of government, what, never gets distracted concerning the perfect will and plan of God for our lives. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't get jacked up, worked up if you're a teenager or if you're a senior. Doesn't care man or woman. Doesn't, doesn't consider any economic class. Doesn't care about all that. You made Jesus the Lord of your life. I've come to be your guide. I want to guide you. I want to help you. Listen, listen, listen. You have a disability and I do too. I don't know which way to go. My flesh is lying to me. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even, but, but, see, but, but, but my eyes are lying to me here. My feelings are all jacked up, telling me I'm a woman and I know I'm a man. My, 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 my mind is telling me you should do this. And I gotta come back. There's a guide that's gonna speak peace to me. There's a guide that's gonna lead me. There's a guide that's gonna keep me in the truth that I know which way, which way to go. The same way Jesus spoke to his disciples is the same way the Holy Spirit is gonna speak to us and guide us. We're gonna have a knowing, a knowing, a knowing. Uh, uh, children, when they were young, parents, you'll, you'll, you'll attest to this. That nonverbal direction they're, they're walking on the sidewalk and, and, and the kids just start like going toward the, the traffic. Sometimes you yell, sometimes you grab, that's appropriate, but sometimes it's not so threatening and, and you just like, like grab the outside shoulder. Just come on, back over here, back over here. Holy Spirit, what's he doing? Just, just guiding, just guiding, just guiding, just guiding, just, just, just keeping you in the right way. I, I don't, well, I, I, I'm, I'm looking for something great. No, 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 no. I don't need a jerk. Sometimes you might need a jerk. He might do that. Sometimes it's through a preacher. Sometimes it's through a friend. They don't call you a jerk, but they jerk you out of wherever you're going. Come on. Aren't you glad for somebody just jerking you sometimes? Come on, just like, you, you, you're getting train wreck of your life, baby. Come on. And they grab you. But not always. It's just like, he guides us. He guides us. Man. Last scripture here, verse 15. Jesus said this about the Holy Spirit. I love this. He, the Spirit, will take the things that are mine, Jesus said, the words that I've said, and he will reveal them to you. He will declare them to you. He will disclose them to you. He will transmit them to you. The words that the Father has said to you. Come on, all over the room, would you bow your head? Would you close your eyes? All over the room, online as well. Father God, we thank you that you would reveal, declare, disclose, and transmit the will of the Father to every person. Every plan, every direction. That no one in the room, no one online, no one listening to this teaching, we are not alone. We are never without help. We are never without the advantage of the Holy Spirit who can show us and tell us things to come. We thank you today, oh God. We thank you Holy Spirit, that you give us the message that's been given to you. You announce it. You declare things to our spirit that will come and happen in the future. So I pray today in the name of Jesus for supernatural direction by the word of God coming alive 
in the hearts of every listener. Father, we pray as Solomon prayed, give us a God-listening heart. Help us to hear you. Help us to know you. Help us to follow you. Holy Spirit, you are our guide. You're our guide. We will not look for confirmation. We will not look for a prophecy. We will not look for a sign or a wonder or any outside manifestation. We've got the God of the universe living inside us by the person of the Holy Spirit who will speak to us in a still, small voice, a gentle breeze, a breeze, a refreshing that we know this is the will of God for our lives. Father, I pray this week and in these days ahead for every decision that needs to be made. Father, I pray that we would be people of prayer, that we will process the plan of God through prayer. And we will spend time asking, seeking, knocking, desiring to know your perfect will. Your perfect, your will is already blessed. It's already chosen. It's already sealed. Father, help us be people that follow you. We want to hear you. We want to know you. Right there where your head's bowed, your eyes closed. Come on, just give everyone the right to privacy in the room. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the greatest thing you can do is surrender your heart to him today. As we said, you need a guide in your life. You need someone in your life to show you and tell you and lead you and guide you and direct you. You, you can't navigate life the way God wants it all by yourself. You might have a lot of money. You might have fame. You might have fortune. You, you might have a good family. Nothing wrong with that. That's wonderful. But the Bible says, if you do not know Jesus, you and I will spend eternity separated from him in a place that's literal, in a place that's not figurative, a place that's real called hell. It's away from God. It's deserted away from God. That's where that rich man in the scripture says in the book of Luke that he was away from God based on a choice that he made while he was on the earth. If you're online, I'm talking to you. If you're in the room, I'm talking to you. All over the room, I'm asking you, do you know Jesus? Are you away from him? Is there something in your heart, something in your life that you've just done or that you, you've entertained and you've just left him? Maybe you've known him in the past, but you've left him. Today's a day to come home. Today's a day to say, I'm turning, I'm repenting, I'm changing my mind. All over the room, in our, what we do in our church, we don't have you stand up, we don't have you come to the forefront, but just in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. If you wanna be included in that prayer, we're gonna say a prayer out loud. You won't be by yourself, we're all gonna pray it, but you just raise your hand and say, Pastor Gary, that's me, include me in that prayer. I wanna pray, I wanna make a change. I'm tired of the direction I'm going. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Come on, all over the room, you wanna be included in that prayer. When I count to three, just lift your hand. Come on, one, two, three, include me in that prayer all over the room. You want Jesus to be Lord of your life. You want Jesus to be Lord of your life. You're away from him. You don't know him. You're, 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 falling, off. you're falling off from following him. Come on, online, we'll pray for you as well. I don't see anyone in the room right now, but maybe somebody has. So let's pray a prayer out loud. Follow it with me, everybody. Say this, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. I recognize my need. I'm a sinner in need of a savior so i believe in my heart and i say with my mouth god raised jesus from the dead
Be my Lord. Be my Savior forever and ever. I repent. I change my mind. And I change my direction. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's just clap our hands for anybody who might have prayed that prayer this morning. Come on. Come on, everybody. Jesus is Lord. He still changes lives. Here in the room online as well. Come on. Praise the Lord. Come on, stand up.